Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hello and welcome to the First and Fifteen podcast, Southern Region Coverage. My name is Jay Ballamy and I'm joined by our regular panellist, Lewis Phillips. Hello. Ryan, home alone, McEvening. Hello. Luke, Yoko, warm champion. You know it, guys. Looking forward to this one. And we are blessed, ladies and gentlemen, to be joined by our resident shark. Some say his urine is the official currency of Botswana. <laughs> and that if he had his own podcast, he wouldn't mention Neil Henderson's age once. <laughs> it's Gareth Price. <laughs> Or, or the stick, apparently. <laughs> well, it, look, it's Gareth. It's just lovely to have you back. I feel like we've had a couple of weeks. It, it was probably our penis-laden episode that, that pushed you <laughs> off a bit there. Um, so it's just nice to see your face. Well, you know, hear your voice. Um, I'm glad our, our milk bottle adverts worked. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, saw, absolutely. I heard someone found him drunk in a bush after a week-long bender. What type of bush was it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what was it, Gareth? <laughs> I tell you what, boys. It was the last the last podcast you did. I, I thought it was such high caliber that I, I just had to come back and be a part of it again. We've redeemed <laughs> ourselves, then. You did. You did. Well, I'm sure we can uh, set that bar really low today if we try really, really hard. <laughs> I know. I know. Luke is chomping at the bit to talk about a certain fixture this week, but we'll uh, we'll hold on uh, a little longer, shall we? Uh, cool. Did we all have a good game weekend, Lewis? How was yours? Mixed. Uh, it's 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 difficult to be uh, it's difficult to be too downhearted when you put up ninety points in two games. But yeah, there is one particular game that uh, soured the milk a little. Okay, cool. Let's dive straight into the Premiership fixtures then. So, Luke, you're going to talk us through the Rebels versus the Victoria Park Panthers. Yeah, I mean, Jay, you normally ask us how we're doing, and I'm a little bit offended that we decided to skip well, that. By all means, you can tell me how you're doing now, if you like. I'm I'm doing great, mate. I, I feel like I'm in a, a gang of jackals about to just fucking take down a sort of slowly dying carcass. Do you know what I mean? Um, anyone who really, really knows me um, knows that I'm about as humble as Kim Kardashian at an island party. You know, so I'm looking forward to fucking tearing this one apart, man. This is going to be an excellent podcast, and I hope the hope the listeners are excited. And and just to sort of uh, what's the word foreshadow things here, I actually wanted to to send a, a message to one of our fellow podcasters, right, and just just let everyone know where all this comes from. You know, I want to say that I, I really respect Lewis, um, admire nice. him straight off, uh, straight off that. I, you know, I'd go as far as say I admire the guy. You know, I like him as a person, not not his flag football necessarily, but as a person, he's a great guy. But I want everyone to know that this all comes from a place of love. You know, the word bullying is going to be thrown around. That's not for me. I don't know who's going to say that, but it's all love from me. And I can say, I can say it, guys. I can say it. Listeners, you can't say it, partially because you're not in the recording with us, but also because I'll fucking go at you if you do. But for the course of the podcast, I hope you're ready to be fucking entertained. <laughs> of course, what, what, you can't say, what he can't say, of course, is that he himself has beaten me, but we'll leave that there. <laughs> I, that's I that's feel, another day. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know the WhatsApp that's gone on all this week. But I'm sure <laughs> Lewis, Lewis today has been frantically writing down comebacks through, throughout his day because he said he said nothing at all in the, the whole the whole WhatsApp. And I, I can just imagine his, his silly little head with his notebook out going, "Oh yes, but actually that time that we played together, we destroyed you by just doing yeah, you know." Man. It's going to be lots so, of only things. only so many times you can bring up that one tournament. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I'm sure you've calculated them perfectly. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Luke, Premiership fixtures, Rebels, VPP, what do we think? Yeah, yeah, let's let's get this bit over with. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, uh... that's what our listeners are here for, the brief Premiership coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about the top end, eh? Oh, so, like, I, I, it's, it's really hard going back to our, our last podcast, obviously. I had, like, what... I had, like, a feisty take and then a spicy take, right? Um, and the spicy didn't feel very spicy next to the feisty. Um, my spicy take was that the VPP were, were going to do a little number on the Rebels. They were going to beat them by two scores. Um, and I had the honour, or should I say, sort of mild displeasure of refing this game um, and watching what was a really, really awesome v- VPP performance at times just 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 sometimes slip out of their hands. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't tell you how frustrating this game was to watch because they were stringing together some really, really, really nice play. And in the first half, they were up. And not only up, they were about to end the half with a score themselves and end two scores up, I believe, right? And do you know what they did? Do you know what they did, Jay? Uh, you're going to have to tell me because I wasn't there. They threw an end zone pick. Oh, for oh, God's sake. Oh, I know, no. right? And then we go into the second half, and this is where I get to talk about the Rebels a bit, man. Um, they they really kept their composure. I mean, these guys these guys played like vets. Um, you know, at no point did they look like they were scrambling or panicked or had any bother about the scoreline. They were just true professionals and just came out and cleanly cleanly played the game and started getting themselves back on top, got themselves into a winning position. And just as it looked like the VPP were going to tie it up again as we came into the last bits of the game, do you know what they did, Jay? Did they throw an interception? They threw a fucking end zone pick, mate. Another end zone pick, you know? I couldn't believe it. And then, as we're getting to the close of the game, the score's tight. The Rebels have taken it seven points ahead. Do you know what they did, Jay? Uh, I'm going to go with through an end zone interception. They threw, a, they threw an interception, man. Not an end zone one this time, though. Come on, Jay. Stick with the program, mate. Keep up. Keep Sorry. Up. Keep up, please. My apologies. So, I mean, obviously, as you can imagine, whenever you make a bold prediction, the thing looks like it's nearly going to come in. It, it, it's very exciting. It's, it's, a, it's a thrill and a feeling that I think listeners can't really even understand. If you've not been on the show, put yourself out there and just start seeing it happen in front of you and just realizing you're this kind of extreme genius. Um, you don't really know where I'm coming from, but it, it was glorious. So overall about this game, the Rebels are true professionals. A huge shout out to Luke, who I think came away with all three of the inceptions I've mentioned. I apologise if I've got that wrong. I don't know his surname as usual. I just know he has the same name as me, which is a great name. Um, massive, massive respect to them for playing such a professional game. And to the VPP, who just looked like they they got some real, real moves and they're just getting better and better. Really enjoyed watching them play. And I guess my sort of question from this really is to understand what that VPP squad looks like, because based on social media, it looks like it can be anywhere from about five people to, to potentially 12. You know, how many people did they end up bringing in the end? Yeah, this was a home game for them. And I want to say, I think they had the full full compliment. But I mean, I'm, I've got a really terrible memory, which is why I'm not, not really very good for this podcast, truth be told. Um, but but they, I think they brought about 10 guys. So there weren't people going both ways. Um, you know, particular shout outs to um, Lee at wide receiver. He got himself open many, many times. Um, I don't know what their name is. They weren't, they weren't wearing 
the 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 team uniform but they had a black shirt on which was enough um and they were outstanding i think they were playing from slot quite a lot of the time and they're just getting up there taking some really nice catches so good shout out to the vpp and yeah this was in their home territory though this this game was in victoria so they did bring a a full compliment yeah and it's a shame that it's really slipped through their hands in that way but i guess we haven't really learned anything about the rebels because we kind of already knew that they were a professional outfit and and that calvin can close out games in that way really yeah, I think I called them smart from watching their, their games before. And that's kind of how I describe them again, just smart team with, with athletes, you know. So just, just they know how to execute, they know how to be professionals and they look, they look great out there and they just maintain their composure. Really impressive. Fantastic. And then your second game that you wanted to touch on this week was the Smoke VPP game. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to to play the uh, Spartans and, and watch the, the the Rebels play the Spartans. I think, unfortunately, we weren't able to to proffer a team up, um, which was a shame. So I'm really just telling you about the only other game that happened, <laughs> um, which is excellent 100% coverage from from the day I was there. But, you know, there isn't too much to stay here. I mean, the scoreline was was a pretty big difference. I think something interesting is, is how much, you know, the, the smoke... Is it bad to talk about the part of a team you play on getting better it doesn't feel right um you know uh the defense just getting better i think we let up 25 points at the start of the year to the vpp this time we let up six um and we i mean we were we were out there really killing it four picks on the day again that's a total of eight picks across two games with the vpp so you know we got their number a little bit and we played well and we were more dominant even this time and just really really made it clear um that we were in charge in fairness to the vpp I've got to respect the fact they play kind of back-to-back games. It was a pretty hot day. I think when you're doing that, it does get a little bit fatiguing. Um, so I understand it was also a tight game between the Rebels. So they're probably coming off the back of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's really all I can, I can say on the defensive side for, for Smoke. And I also want to give a shout-out to one of our, our newer players, a guy called Jam. He just played awesome, man. I mean, I don't know about you guys and what you think, but I think so few players can keep their speed and track a ball like really high in the air as it's coming down to them. And this guy just moves like a gazelle, man. I mean, he just lost no speed whatsoever. He's such a machine to play against. He's so fast and it really, really came out in this game. He had an absolutely fantastic game. One of the best bits of wide receiver play I've ever seen. Yeah, I, on that, I don't really have any speed to be able to uh, lose anything to track the ball, really. So <laughs> it's, it's not a fair comparison. Um but sort of my question within that game then, really, Luke, for me is, uh, with, with the Smokes' defence, what do you think is actually attributing to that better performance? Is it a change in scheme? Is it personnel? Is it just simply getting better in terms of individual uh, fundamentals? W- what is it that's what's turning the smoke screws a bit? I think it's, I think it's two things. Um, I think we, as a, as a unit, are coming together a lot more. I've started to understand on a much deeper level how important the kind of chemistry is, especially between a safety and his corner on the, on the two sides. You know, when the safety's clear, when the corner's able to move in a predictable manner, when you start building a bit of a rhythm with someone, that's when you start to lock down things because you start to kind of fill space in the most strategic and smart way possible. Um, so there's a little bit of chemistry involved in terms of the personnel, and we've been playing together as a unit for quite some time we've done a few of the international tournaments so definitely some confidence building there but also i think some of these american guys have been teaching me some some amazing stuff i mean chris gorman's one of our defensive leaders on that side but henry williams as well been around for a long time knows what he's doing and the way those guys are able to coach us and teach us new things and kind of keep everything fresh in our minds and keep us pushing to be better um is what's kind of keeping that hot i believe yeah and it's not a bad time of year to get hot really as a team um 
But anyway, look, let's move on. So, Gareth, you've got a, a nice lineup of games to talk about. So let's start with the Sharks versus Cougars game. So Sharks versus Cougars was uh, was the last game of the game day, but I think from a, a neutral perspective, it was it was probably the best one. Uh, it ended nineteen fourteen to the Cougars, um, and they were worth it. It was it was a tight game, uh, small margins, and and they had some. Uh, some excellent plays that were were able to break us apart, and and they took the win. Um, ben Eaton's uh, deep throw to his brother Kieran uh, on a on a post was probably the best touchdown of the game. Um, they wanted to kneel it out at the end. There was still time left, um, so uh, we got the ball back with about forty seconds left um, and a chance to win the game. Uh, interception finished us off. Um, it, other than, it, it was a pretty well refed game, but um, yeah, the the Cougars were worthy were worthy winners of this one. Um, bit disappointed from a from a Sharks perspective to to only concede nineteen points and lose. It's uh, it's not common for the Sharks to be held to under twenty points, but that's just a a testament to how well how well the Cougars defended. Yeah, and that Cougars unit really is coming on. Um, but I mean, talking about the Sharks being held to fourteen points, you sort of took the words out of my mouth there, Gareth. I know there's a there's a smattering of injuries going around on that on that team, and is is it completely affected by personnel? Was it the Cougars doing a really really good job? What what's, what's the balance from that? I think it would be unfair to suggest that it was it was just because we were short. Um, it was the third de- game of the day, and we did only have six there. Um, Sam is our our latest addition to the the A team. We we promoted him just before uh, the transfer deadline day from the B team. Um, but we still had uh, Neil and Corey and Will and myself and Craig um, and, and obviously Sam. Sam got four sacks, I think, on the day. So it wasn't like uh, we, we lost anything by having him in the team. But um, f- three games is a lot to a lot to ask with six players. Um, and uh, it's mainly down to to injuries of uh, we're missing people like Alex and Vin. Um, and, and Who's uh, Alex? Shorty, sorry. <laughs> For those of you listening who who don't know this, Shorty's real name is Alex Brown. It took me a long time at being at the Sharks to work this out, so you probably have no clue if I mention Alex. Yeah, I, 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 I've known Shorty for about six years now, I think. And, and one of our players, Daisy, turned up to training for the first time. She said, oh, yeah, I know Alex Brown from the Sharks. I'm going, the hell is that? And it took me two, it took me, it took me two weeks to figure out she meant Shorty. Genuinely, um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's definitely shorty for me. So yeah, but I think we 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 had the firepower there to score more than more than we did, and and it was good defending um, by particularly John and Kieran on the uh, on the Cougars that, uh, that kept our best receivers um, to short yardage. Yeah, and and moving on with, with the Cougars then. So you wanted to touch on the Cougars Titans game. Yeah, so um, the Cougars-Titans game, uh, this one a, a few weeks ago was the one that the Cougars uh, beat the Titans in a in a upset, 31-25. And uh, it's, I think, a, a testament to how how the Titans are coming along as a team, that they'd, they'd clearly taken that to heart and gone away and really worked on what went wrong and how to prevent it happening again. Um, and because of that, this game was 
pretty academic. It, it ended 39-0 to the Titans, and it was almost as if both teams were resigned to that being the scoreline from the first drive. Um, the Cougars had two really good games that this game day, um, one against the Sharks, and they, they put up a, a decent fight against the Hurricanes, but they could do nothing against this Titans team who were good at the start of the season but seem to Im- improve every time I see them. Um, and I think they could be a dark horse to uh, to beat some more prestigious teams in the in the playoffs. Yeah, and I kind of back that Titans team. I've, I've had the benefit now of seeing them play a couple of times over the course of various tournaments. And they've, in fact, played the Cougars at the first of 15 tournament. I know we mentioned that last time on the pod and won the final against them. So, you know, it, it may be a case of, I think I think definitely the Titans are getting better over the course of the year as they've managed to get more and more reps together. If you look at if you look at their social medias, they're definitely working hard on lots of different uh, techniques and, and various plays. But you've also got the experience of playing that that Cougars team quite a few times now, and and there's there's always a case of uh, you know the amount of times you play people that the higher the harder it gets to consistently win, and, and maybe the Cougars are falling short of that slightly. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cougars are, are certainly improving as well. And I might touch on that a bit bit later. But the, the Titans, every time I see them, they, they've been good since the start of the season. But every time I see them, they seem to get just that little bit better. Um, they've got fantastic squad um, and depth at every position. Um, and they're, they're, they're fighters. They really sort of take things personally sometimes a little too personally perhaps but they really are determined to get better and to get to that sort of upper echelon of flag football teams and uh, I think with the players they've got they're they're probably only a season away from competing with the with perhaps the likes of the Hurricanes and the Smoke not this year though no, I, I tend to agree with you. And I was when, when we were at the first and fifteen podcast, I was I was having a chat with a few of the dads that were there because we ref that final game, and some of the players in there are really young. You've got you've got nineteen and eighteen year olds on that team that are starting for them already, and you just think that's such a powerhouse going forward as a team potentially. Um, yeah, certainly one to watch. And then the next game you wanted to talk about was the Supers Sharks game. Um, so the Super Sharks game was was fairly similar in, to to the Sharks Cougars game in terms of score. It was nineteen uh, twelve to the to the Supers. Basically, just wanted to give the the Supers a, a shout out for their, I think their first win of the season that wasn't a um, a forfeit, um, and they 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 were worthy of it. We I think a, a few of the Sharks were a little upset with some of the the refereeing decisions, but. Um, you know that shouldn't discount how well the supers played. Um, Sam Matthews was a terror as always. Um, they were there with a, a small squad as well. I think it was only seven supers, um, but to a man, they they played very well, particularly on defence. Um, and and again, this was a game that came down to the the final drive with the the Sharks having a chance to to tie or potentially to win the game and. And uh, unfortunately, the, the Supers were able to keep us out. But, um, you know, they have been they've been probably my favourite team to see um, this year. Um, they've they've handled everything in, in such good spirits. It's never easy to to lose more than you win or, or lose a lot more than you win. Um, but, you know, throughout the whole season, they've handled losing with with grace. And it was so nice to see them. You know, they, they get their first win, albeit I wish it hadn't been against us. Um, but I, I thought they uh, 
they were real gentlemen about that as well. So, uh, yeah, good game. And I, I've not personally heard a lot of the Supers this year, maybe because of various reasons why we have, have or haven't covered their games. But what is their squad looking like now? Is it the same sort of characters we would have known from previous seasons? Have they added to it? No, it's it's pretty much the same the same bunch. Um, the they they had a, a few more turn up at the uh, the Western Home Day. Uh, haven't haven't seen any of them since. Um, so it's no, it's the same the same core group of six or seven. Um, but uh, it's been it's been nice to get to know them a bit better over the over the course of the season. Um, start calling Matt by his real name instead of Nick. Um, <laughs> always, always helps build a relationship when you get people's name right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been good. To, it's been good to get to know them over the season, and, and congrats to them on their first win. No, that's good to hear. Jay, I wonder if I could just pipe up here a little bit. Um, I obviously had the pleasure of uh, predicting the the Cougars um, North Ants game because our our esteemed uh, colleague was not able to be here. Um, what what happened in that game? We we really gave it the big one about this being quite a high scoring affair, but it seems like one team um, ran away with it, and the other sort of struggled to um, play fag football. Uh, well, I think I think Northampton went away from losing to the Cougars a, a few weeks back with a very single minded attitude to this return fixture. Um, Having seen both these teams play, um, I think that the Titans are noticeably more talented flag football players than the Cougars across the across the team. Um, the Cougars are a very well established club, and they they play a very clever brand of football that plays to their strengths. But I think it was just the single mindedness of the Titans coming into that game day going. We are going to hammer the Cougars. That's what we're here to do. And we've worked for three, four weeks on tactics that allow us specifically to do that. Yeah, I think the Titans are one of those clubs where because they've got such depth and such buy-in from their whole squad, they do genuinely have an ability to go and work at each other really hard if they set their mind to one goal. And it's why I keep saying that I think if, if anybody's going to overturn a hurricane or a smoke this year, it's going to be the Titans. And then, Gareth, you wanted to finish with a, a, a quote-unquote a boring bit on the Hurricanes. Well, I, th- I think, you know, you have to talk about them. Nobody wants to particularly talk about them just because they're so damn good at the moment. And everything they do is is done with this sort of efficiency. Um, you know, they, they beat the Supers uh, 64-6. Uh, Costas had five touchdowns. Chris had three. Uh, the Cougars put up a much better fight against them, and the Hurricanes won that 39-19. And it, it looked for a brief moment like the Cougars were going to claw their way back into that one. But in typical Hurricanes fashion, they just notched it up a gear, and Chris got four touchdowns in that. I think Joe, Jonah has something like 62 touchdowns um, he does. this year, which is just mad when you consider the the calibre of you know Southern Premiership teams. Um they're just they're just an unstoppable force at the moment, and you know I I hope that uh, I hope that they can get a good match up with the smoke in the playoffs, or, or I hope that one of the uh, one of the Scottish teams can challenge them because uh, at the moment it's all been pretty easy for them. Yeah, I don't most 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 good teams. I would worry about the fact that it comparably seems very easy, but I think the Hurricanes are so switched on with everything they do that I don't think there's any. Rel- 
any relaxing on that team at all. I, I almost I feel comfortable in understanding that 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 when it comes to the playoffs, they will absolutely kick it into whatever next gear they've got because I'm sure they've got another three or four to go. Really, I've, I've seen I've seen three or four games this year where where the Hurricanes have, have put up you know thirty forty point wins, and it's really not looked like they've been trying. They probably are, but it, it's really it's looked so so easy for them. Um, they're just playing on another level to everyone else at the moment. They are. And just for comparison, I was talking to Costas and Chris when they came down and helped us out with a, a, an event. And they played, obviously, the smoke in, um, I think it was King Bowl. Uh, and they they used three plays that game day, the whole mm-hmm. game day, just because they just could. And uh, you just think that's ridiculous. How, do you, how can you only use three plays the whole day on offense? Um, yeah. And mightily impressed, as always, with the Hurricanes. But anyway... We'll move on. We'll move on because it is boring to just tell tell everybody that they're good again. Uh, but Gareth, we're going to stay with you because you have decided because because Lewis is is has stood on your toes with the old statistics that you've got a uh, a flagosophical question you'd like to bring to us all. I do have a flagosophical question. It was one I found myself pondering on the on the way back from the game day, and I, I shall uh, I shall put it to you, and and then I'll tell you why I think this to give you to give you time to. Uh, plan a, a rebuttal. Um, so, my my philosophical question is this: Is the best flag football club in Britain the Coventry Cougars? They okay. they okay. have a good Premiership team that's gone five and five so far. is is looking like it could well make the playoffs. Um, their women's team has won seven national championships. And I think I'm right in saying that nobody else has won the, the UK women's title since 2016. Uh, they've won a junior championship in 2016. Uh, they've spawned sort of the, the Cohen Cougars, who are 12-1 and one in Division One. They've got many uh, GB women internationals, but also John in the, uh, in the GB Silvers men. Uh, it's a very sort of family orientated club. You've got lots of uh, lots of siblings. You've got the the uh, Eatons, the the Barretts, the Maddens. Is it the best flag football club in the country? It's a really really good question. Um, I think I think the broader definition you need to use is is it the best American football club in the country? And the reason I'm going to ask, I'm going to put it like that is because I'd like to throw the Manchester Titans into the ring. Mm. Because if you look at that setup up there, I think they've pretty much got a club for everybody. They may yeah. or may not have a the, women's team. The word the word you're looking for is program. They're a, yes. they're an American football program, which is which is distinctly different from being just a club. Um, and yeah, I think Manchester Titans probably come very close. I, I believe they do have a women's team. For flag, um, I'm saying. They definitely have a women's team. No, for, yeah, for, no, for flag, because I'm pretty sure they went out to King Bowl. Um, I think uh, they, I, I noticed, I think Sunshine went out with them from the Leeds Samurai, went out and played with them uh, at King Bowl. So yeah, I do think they, they do have a women's flag team. Um, they've obviously got their, uh, their B team, which is coming along now. Then they've got, you know, a very good contact team, women's contact team as well. Does anyone know if they have a, any youth programs? They definitely have youth contact. I think I've seen, yeah. I don't think they have youth flag. They have youth contact, though. Are there any other contenders? Well, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. And, and this is not taking anything away from Coventry there by just chucking Manchester into the ring. 
um, because I think it's you, you make an excellent point. It is an awesome amount of teams to be running at such a high level. I mean, especially when you consider the dominance the women's side had in Coventry. I mean, it, it's it's unprecedented, unprecedentedly good. And it's, um, it's not like they're in London or Glasgow. Or... No, exactly. There's no there's no huge. I mean, Coventry is a, is a decent sized town or city, whichever one it is. It's a city. It, it is yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's not got this massive, you know, pull from a global reach. It's it's very much people that have lived in that vague region and have moved to that region for some form of work. But it's it, you know, London. You kind of expect it because you're going to get lots of Americans that come in or people that have, have been over in America for a couple of years. Edinburgh's the same. You know, it's it a Cardiff to a degree is as well. But Coventry is a random place to have such an excellent team. I'm sort of riffing a bit. North Ants, Titans, maybe, because of their excellent youth setup, but I don't believe they have a women's team. No, they've they, they've kind of peaked and, and are on the down now, because there was a there was a time not so long ago, a couple of years ago, where they had like almost they had two teams in the adult league, um, almost a third as well, I believe. They had blue and white and I think orange. Um, and then they had a very good, they've always had a pretty good youth setup, and they did have uh, a, a women's team as well. Um, but I'm not sure what happened, but they've all kind of, you know, they're down to the one team uh, in Baffer at least, and the women's team is no more, and I think they still have a, a youth team, but certainly not as, as dominant as they used to be, and, you know, they've, uh, they've kind of the sunset on that um, on that program has has gone down. Yeah, so to I, and not to try and stamp on anybody else's toes because Home Alone and Luke haven't said anything at all yet. But to, to, to answer your to answer your question there, Gareth, I think purely off of flag performance, if you call it a flag program, mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think they are the most dominant flag program out there. I think in terms of American football programs, which technically is more impressive because it's much more coordination to have two yeah. codes going at the same time, I think it's Manchester. Mm. Especially when you consider like what Manchester are working with there. And like say, so, yeah, it's just, it's a bigger city and everything is going to have a bigger, more varied population. But I mean, like Bellevue is one of the, the best facilities in the country, I think. Um, and... Uh, you know they 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 have a proper streaming or recording setup for all their games as well. Like their their sort of social media film is a, is of a high quality. So they've got it all. It's not just the football stuff around. It's it's the it's the the stuff around it as well. The setup around it, the facilities and the social media and just everything as a program. I think is really impressive. Hmm. Luke, any rumblings of a smoke youth team or women's team? Um, it, it doesn't surprise me that Gareth was sat around reflecting um, about cougars, um, particularly. <laughs> but, um, I'm, I'm fairly new to, to the flag football scene, um, so my, my knowledge of clubs is not, is not particularly amazing. I've met some of the, uh, the women's cougars team um, at Champions Bowl last year. Really nice bunch, really good at flag football. Um, I, I think we had a, a question the other day where we asked it and I sort of spoke about the importance of, of having fun in all of this and they, they seem like they're having a really great time, which, which I really respect when you're doing that. So play well and have a good time. Uh, they, they, that's just fantastic. That's the best it gets. Um, 
really, really, truly impressed with 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 that setup there as well. So I, I don't have any deep thoughts. I question whether this is flagosophical, but that's a question for a difficult, different day. What is a flagosophical question? Um, but yeah, massive credit to any people building fantastic programs out there. And Home Alone, any thoughts on your end? I'll say it's very much a hotbed, I think, for flag American football. Um, obviously, we've got quite a few teams in Coventry, but even in the surrounding area now, um, there's a lot of teams that are very now close with each other um, and all very much pushing each other, as Gareth mentioned, um, not only to get better, but also to go out and frankly beat each other in these games. So I think it's only benefiting the sport, um, the fact that the, those groups are so close. Um, and I think the whole of the country can hope that it kind of gets replicated in their area as well. Yeah, and sort of, and we're, we're talking about the South here generically, but I, I want to talk about the Southwest. You know, in terms of youth youth programs in the southwest are there any flag programs in the southwest depends if you count chichester as the southwest <laughs> well That's yeah close. i probably i probably i probably have to don't i but other than other than the spitfires i should i should point out that we are not affiliated with the spitfires they are very much their own thing the yes, renegades know, but have, involved, um, isn't he? So. Is, yeah the renegades have two youth teams they've got an under 14s and an under 11s flag team as well i believe okay okay well, look, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a void in terms of youth football. Then I would say in terms of this, in the south, so it's it, you know credit for for doing it in the first place and getting good teams. I know that Waveney have got an excellent um, youth team as well, but to say geographically that they're near to Northampton and Coventry would be a bit of a false statement. They're sort of <laughs> in the east, aren't they? But it's not really the same. Um, but yes, yeah, wrapping up, Gareth. I think in terms of flag football, I think you'd have to hand it to the Coventry Cougars and saying that they're they're program as a is a holistic uh entity is outstanding and probably the best in the country cool we'll move on to division one uh and lewis and home alone you're gonna you're gonna sort of tag team these uh these fixtures right um because it was a cross-conference game day so let's start off with the gwent gators versus cardiff bay coyotes fixture this was a really exciting game. Um, as, as you can probably tell by, by the score, it finished uh, 34-27 to the Gwent Gators, um, overcoming uh, the upset of the last time it was considered an upset uh, when, when Cardiff Bay um, beat Gwent. I think it was in Swansea in like week three or four, something like that. Um, back, back then, the Coyotes hadn't quite started their, their surge. You could argue that that probably kick-started it. Since then, they've really just taken off. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I brought this one up in the in the preview game as, as one to one to keep an eye on because you know that Gwent are going to be out for uh, for some revenge and Cardiff are going to come into this going, we've beaten these guys before, we know we can do it. Um, one score between them and, you know, you look at the stats, they are they, they're completely they're so similar uh, you know, Matthew, uh, Matthew Tynan throws four touchdowns. Liam's thrown five touchdowns, but they're they're not converting at the same rate. So there's five touchdowns, but only uh, only two extra points have been converted, albeit two two point conversions. Um, whereas uh, Cardiff have um, have converted all of their touchdowns. So. Uh, other than that, they, they you know they're pretty they're pretty bang on. Like say they were they, both quarterbacks have only thrown one interception each. Real close game, um, and uh, I think Cardiff Bay can certainly be be proud of their performance in this one. And and um, uh, you know Matt Burke doing Matt Burke things and scoring three touchdowns. He is very good at football, isn't he? <laughs> 
Home Alone, what did, you, what did you think of this game? Yeah, I very much agree with Lewis. Um, I think I want to add just how sort of back and forth this game did feel. Um, feel. Um, I was refereeing it, and I think Cardiff Bade to take um, at least a one-score lead, um, potentially two, um, before a very strong Gwent resurgence um, that needed um, Cardiff Bay to kind of respond towards the end. And um, there was a bit of controversy with refereeing, um, with a very lengthy coach's challenge while that was all getting sorted out. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, I think give credit to Gwent. They um, stuck with it and pulled out the victory. Um, but I, I think Cardiff Bay can take a lot of pride from that result. They played very well um, and certainly very much improved since I'd last seen them. I was watching this game from the sideline on my on my camping chair because it was the game where it was the only game going on at the time. Um, and I, I disappeared for two minutes just to go to the toilet and I came back and everything had gone to shit. You know that you know that meme from Community where where Troy leaves the flat, <laughs> he comes back with the pizza and everything's on fire. It kind of felt like that. I came back and everyone was going, Lewis, come here, Lewis, we need you. We need a rules question. Come, come. And I was like, I went for a minute, guys. Jesus. <laughs> Can't oh, leave yeah, the children alone. Full. There aren't enough community references on this show, so I respect <laughs> that. Yeah. I've not seen it. I got bored with community after oh. the first four or five episodes. It's oh, just that I, mean, I haven't it, seen it either, it, so that's probably it, why. It hits its peak in season two. Like you've got to get through season one. Season four is not great, but season two and three are TV gold. Stick with it. It's yeah, the really. same as Cam Newton, mate. I'm not surprised you don't get it, Jay. I really. I really <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I shall I shall look forward to understanding what else is on the same playing field as community and Cam Newton that I won't understand. <laughs> Stuff like Beyonce, I'm sure, or something else like that. <laughs> um but yes, I mean look, okay, so Gwent have won the game essentially by trading off scores. Cardiff Bay, we said it we made a big point about saying it on the last podcast that they're getting better and better and better, but technically speaking, they've they've gone backwards in results. Yeah, have they actually gotten better or is it just just some good results that they had or good score lines that they had last week. No, I, I'll give it to them. I, I definitely think they've improved. Obviously, I saw them quite a few weeks ago now. Um, but I, I think they're a much more sound outfit, um, technically sound, um, and both the plays they were calling, everything did seem a lot smoother in terms of their operations. So they've definitely put a lot of work in. Um, and I, I definitely thought it told. Yeah, the the actual performances when you see it, it is it is night and day compared to you know the first one or two weeks of the season. Um, I think they've been really unfortunate in these past two weeks to come away with some of the losses that that they did. And we talked talked a lot about it about the last game day. We you know they put up almost eighty points, I think, and 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 came away empty-handed. That's 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 rough to put up that much that many points and and still come away uh with two losses on the day and i think it's kind of it'll it's just one of those things that new teams will go through you know it's it's a rite of passage um these will all be learning experiences and and one of the toughest things to do as a new team first thing you've got to start scoring points the next thing you learn how to do is is how to close out games and i think that's where that's where cardiff bay's attention need to turn to next i think is just how to close out a game and not to spend too long on cardiff because it feels like uh feels like over egging but i am interested to ask this question Cardiff, let's let's call it 18 months in terms of Baffer time, right? I'm sure they're slightly older than that because they were formed in the pandemic. But do we think they are on track as a club after 18 months? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I think they've they've shown uh, quite a quite a steep um, 
incline in terms of improvement, especially when you compare them to uh, teams of a, of a similar age. Um, I think you know another another off season. Maybe hopefully they'll they'll rejoin the Southwest Series again, and that'll be some more um, some more uh, sort of good experience for them. And then you know they'll look to build off this next year. Um, I think perhaps uh, I'm certainly not an insider with the, the way that the club is run, but you hear them sometimes every now and then. You'll hear on the sidelines saying, you know, this is the third, this is the third drive, so they've obviously got an idea of what kind of personnel they want on for each drive. I don't know whether they, you know, they've got a, a sort of script on rotation rotating people. Um, perhaps that is is somewhere where they can, you know, look to as as they as they get older and more experienced, they can look to be a little bit more. Um, sort of strict with that and just be like, well, we're going to put our five best players on the field no matter what until we are up and comfortable and then start rotating. I think you have to look as well at where, where they've come from because when they first started playing, they were uh, particularly ice for it, but the, the, the whipping boys, um, you know, they, they really, they couldn't buy a win. And, uh, you know, they're now sitting at, at six and ten They've got an offense that is far, far more productive than the teams that are around them in that sort of position in the table. Um, I, I think it's been a great success story, um, particularly, you know, when a team come. If, if we see the same sort of improvement from, let's say, Solent Redstorm next season to go from where they are now to six and ten, I think we'd all be singing their praises. Um, yeah. But it's just because we didn't really get to see that much of the Coyotes uh, because of the pandemic. But I think they've made huge strides and I look forward to seeing what they can do next year. Um, Jay, just to nip it, so you started talking about like the life cycle and progression of the team. You've been going back over that. Uh, what do you mean? I think you said that, you know, like as an early team, you get sort of great learning experiences and then what was it? Yeah. So, so, so kind of like um, when you, when you start a team, I think you have, you have sort of like short, medium, long-term goals, right? And like in, in the short term, you might just be thinking about, you know, let's have some fun, make some plays. Let's just, you know, make sure that we're executing the plays that we have. And then as you get a little bit older, you might be, all right, well, let's, let's start scoring some points. Let's start getting some takeaways on defense. Um, and those are your goals. Then it comes to be, oh, can we be a bit more competitive? Uh, and the more you sort of tick off these kind of milestones, then the closer you get to being like, okay, well now we just need to like take this really seriously. Be re- like, we are a team that is good enough to to hang with some of the best ones and start competing for things. Um, in terms of where the Coyotes are, I think like as 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 Gareth alluded to last year in the in the COVID year, uh, they had a rough time of it. Um, they were really only competing with the likes of. Um, the, the Cardiff Hurricanes B team, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and, and since then, they've kind of come a long way and, you know, have sort of set their their, their goals now towards, right, well, it's, we're, we're a team that can win games now. And I think it's, uh, it's probably a bit sort of out of their reach to be saying we can we can compete with the likes of the Redding Devils and the London Flash. That might be a year or so off before they they're at that level, but they can certainly, um, they can certainly sort of set reasonably achievable goals by saying, well, can we compete with Kingston Kings, Gwent Gators, Swansea Hammerheads, give them a push. Um, you know, they, they probably quite, probably considered the favourites, I would say, against teams like Salisbury City Marauders and, and Chichester Sharks B. Um, so that's kind of like where I think they are. 
That was uh, too good a segment for me to bastardize. So I'm. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm I did. I did notice one. the attempt. I, I noticed the attempt there, Luke. I was, I was allowing <laughs> nature to take its course. Um, shall we move on to a different game then? Because we've talked about Cardiff enough now. Um, Devils versus Flash. Uh, Home Alone. Let's start with uh, you on this one. Yes, yeah, so this was billed um, at least as game of the week, but um, potentially game of the year. And I think it definitely lived up to it. Um, I think both squads come in full of confidence um, and ability as well. Um, and I think the level of play really did um, step up to it. So I won't go drive by drive, but it was very sort of cagey defensive battle to start with. Um, Flash turned us over on downs before um, a couple of interceptions for the Devils. Um, Scoreline did get out to that 15 points that was needed for the Devils, but the Flash did start to rally. Um, put some drives together um, and score a few touchdowns themselves. So I, I think, yeah, we really did go back and forth around that margin. Um, right up until the two-minute warning, the Devils took over on their own five-yard line after a flash score, um, knowing that they had two minutes um, to drive down the field to potentially win the division, um, or at least put it to a tie break. Um, and yeah, we managed to score that point that touchdown and get the two-pointer, leaving the flash with 33 seconds to go. Um, but the flash were able to respond, drove all the way down the field and scored with 11 seconds to go. So it had everything really this game. Obviously, I'm really happy to have won um, a game which locked up promotion for us. So can't complain too much. But yeah, I think it was a really great game um, and fantastic to be a part of. This, I, I get that this doesn't like, Describing memes kind of defeats the object and is, is uh, you know, not sort of good, great podcast material. But this for me was... But it's the it level the, that we're at. Right? Yeah, it was... This This was the this was the Vince McMahon meme, you know, where he just gets more and more shocked. Like, this game had it all. Just every drive, something happened and, and you were just catching your breath. The last two minutes of this game were insanely tense. As, as, as Home Alone says, like, Reading went up. Um, and then Flash went and got the extra, got, got the the touchdown back, and you're thinking, oh, can the Devils push this in and get that 15 point deficit? And then they did, but it was just too much time left on the clock. And Brian Fairplay was a masterclass uh, at, at using the clock, something that perhaps has uh, rubbed off from Charlie, just like clock management, play calling, getting out of bounds, good use of timeouts, and just masterful the way that they were able to run down the field and just be like, you know what, doesn't matter if we lose this game, they're not having that 15-point deficit. Um, really and good game. Build on that, they, I think they celebrated that touchdown more than anything that oh, we celebrated I've never, that game. I've never, yeah. seen, I've never seen a team so happy to lose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I, I, got, I do have a, a little quote from, from Brian because um, I caught up with him in the week. We were having a chat uh, on, on Zoom. Um, his, he said... That match was so weird. It's like kissing your sister. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I laughed at the time, and then afterwards I thought about it, and I was like, "Wait, what?" (laughs) Speaking of that meme with uh, with Troy from Community, I zoned out for like twenty seconds there and just heard kissing your sister. Uh... (laughs) All right. Well, it sounds like your uh, conversations with Brian are getting pretty weird, Lewis. Yeah, we have a good time, man. (laughs) Gareth, aren't you glad you came back for this? I'm, I'm thrilled. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sticking around for what's to come. 
more more foreshadowing. That's the word of the week. Um, Uh, That's all we have time for, folks. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Before we move on to the Salisbury Waveney game, I do have to give a shout out to Darren Seal for keeping me uh, updated on the scoreline of this one because I wasn't able to make it down to Reading and and I would have hated to have missed the updates on this. So uh, credit to him for uh, giving me almost a play-by-play via via Instagram direct message. So uh, thank you, Darren. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Let's move on to Salisbury versus Waveney then. So obviously, uh, Lewis and Home Alone, you weren't there for this game yet. You've picked it out. So did you have anything to say before I do my recap? Good. No, it was Silence. just that, that we, uh, we, just, we were just interested in, in seeing how it went down. We picked this out in the preview show uh, as one that could potentially be a pretty good game. Um, I think we were hoping um, that Waveney might be able to I don't know whether they would have called caused an upset. I don't know who the who the uh, favourite is for this game. I think based on record, really, it would have been it would have been Salisbury that would have been the sort of ten percent favourites. You know, it would have been a sixty four yeah. split for me. Um, Waveney but, you know, were were surging, weren't they? They were they were the the informed team, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely, and 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 I think they were. You know, we talked about Coyotes getting better. I think Waveney are one of those teams that were doing it. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch this game personally because I, uh, I had some places to be and, and people to see. Um, but I, I did get the benefit of watching both teams on the day. Salisbury looked like a more put-together team now, I would say. Against the Red Storm, they looked a lot more um, uh, calculated in what they were doing, shall we say, rather than rather than uh, uh, potentially just choosing plays because they thought it was fun. It was more a case of, well, actually, no, we think that'll work against that system and we'll take that throw. And, and I... Forgive me, I can't remember the quarterback's name off the top of my head right now, but the, the quarterback for Salisbury is doing a much better job of putting the ball where he needs to put it, which was good to see. Um, and Waveney as a team are really, really... Uh, I'm going to use the word odd, but not in a bad way. Odd in the sense that they clearly have a huge, huge squad, but the, the distance they have to travel means that the, that squad can sometimes be cut quite short. So they played the Kings earlier in the day and had six, and by the time they got to the Salisbury game, they had five. Now... That five that were playing, I have to say, you could you could pick out one or two that were really really good players, quite equally are, are, are youth players, but still very very good. But the shining light in that is is Aiden Marcelli. I, I hope I'm pronouncing his surname right. What a player he is! And number eighty-seven for Waveney genuinely would be starting for any of the Div One teams that we have right now, and I'm including the Flash and Devils in there. What an excellent defender he is, and what an excellent receiver he is, ball in hand. Um, you know, the fact that he's only 17 scares the living crap out of me because what a player he's going to be when he gets older. Um, genuinely really impressed with him. In, in terms of the fixture itself, it sounded like to me that Waveney, having gone down to five players, really on a hot day, didn't have much of a chance to recuperate. And that probably gave Salisbury the edge. Um, but, they, they, you know, they, they managed to score... On a on a one drive, and then uh, my man Aiden had a had a pick six as part of that as well. So, um, pretty pretty conclusive day for me to say, Waveney are are sneakily getting there as a club, I'd say, and Salisbury are maturing at the same time. I definitely agree with that, Jay. Um, I'll come in here and say that I I spoke to someone from Salisbury Harrison um, who got a couple of scores on the game day, um, and I think the confidence that come across in um, for that team in this game day, at least, I think that's a nice thing to see um, and a, a definitely a sign that the Salisbury Marauders are growing, um, that they have the confidence going into games and they're not thinking, OK, this is going to be close. They're saying, no, we're going to win these games. So I'd love to see more of it going forward. And I, I think it's only good for that organisation going forward. Yeah, totally agree. And, and, and can I... I'll, I'll right, check someone else. Go on. 
I, I think I'm right in saying that Aiden Marcelli is uh, is Filton Pride and uh, GB Lyon Junior as well. He is, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, all I was going to chip in there with on Salisbury was, I, well, and I very rarely say this on the podcast, but the Salisbury refing was better than it has been, and it's definitely going in the right way. And I think they've made a, a big effort to get that in a, in a better place. So uh, much, much appreciation from my side on that end. Anything else on Salisbury Raveney before we uh, we move on to some other fixture? Let's go for it. Okay, I think we've all been waiting for this, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Flash versus the Falcons. 38 to 0. Um, I think it's only fair that, Lewis, you, you probably give us your rundown. Yeah, so, uh, well, uh, where do I start with this? This is the score, de- the score belies uh, some performance, I think, for sure. Um, all credit to the Flash. Uh, we, we knew exactly what we were getting ourselves in for. They are very good. Um, not just. Lots of people talk about the athleticism of the London Flash and the London Smog teams, and they certainly are fast and athletic. But I think um, from a from a quarterback's perspective, that's probably one of the smartest defenses I've played this year. Um, every single player on that defense isn't just comfortable with their role in the defense, but they're also incredibly aware of what an offense is trying to do to them. They read the game really well. They read the game faster than any other defense we've played before. And they, they have the athleticism to break on balls. There's there's passes in this game that I've thrown to wide open receivers, but by the time the ball's got there, the defender's there and has got a hand in it. And that's, you know, plays that we, we've been able to count on against other teams. Um, there's... The, the first drive, uh, first two drives, I guess, or first offensive drive for each team in this game um, was kind of feeling each other out a bit. So Flash did march down the field, but we would, we turned them away at the goal line, a, a fantastic bat down by Ed um, on fourth, fourth and goal. Uh, our first offensive drive was a bit more of a car crash. Uh, I had the ball batted away by the, um, by the blitzer twice in a row, which kind of stunted that drive. Um, but actually, after that, uh, it was it was a little more well matched. I thought um, Flash scored on the on their next drive. Uh, we marched the ball down the field quite comfortably um, in the way that we like to do. You know, taking taking eight plays to do it. But uh, a couple of times we got turned away at the goal line, and that's kind of how it went back and forth for a little while, um, it, especially for the first half. Both teams were able to move the ball. Uh, Flash were just a little bit more clinical with uh, finishing their drives. We had a couple of um, a couple of passes in the end zone on fourth down that were dropped. Um, you know that can can make it a different game uh, when when you get two three scores down against a team like London Flash, London Smoke. Exactly the same. Once you get two or three scores down, it's uh, it doesn't matter how much time's left on the clock. It's time to panic. Um, and I think we we did a little bit and started to go a little bit off the uh, off the off the script. Um, because it's tough to claw those those scores back. Uh, not helped by by throwing a pair of picks to open up the second half, um, which uh, the Flash were obviously with very good field position able to um, to to punch in. Uh, albeit again, didn't make it easy for them. I think even even with first and goal from the ten yard line, it still took them um, four goes to get it in, and then basically the same thing after two plays. 
on I threw another pick and uh, again three or four plays to, to punch it in our defense played pretty well despite the 38 points allowed um, they had a I made it I made it tough for our defense uh, this weekend but certainly a score line that I think uh, doesn't doesn't give the Falcons enough credit for we were able to move the ball it wasn't a complete um, you know failure to launch but uh, yeah just Flash are very good, and we're very clinical when we got uh, inside the inside the no run zone. And uh, home alone, did you did you catch any of this game? Um, unfortunately, not. I was playing the um, Bucks Wolves, but every time I did look over or hear anything, it definitely seemed to be um, the flash cheering, which obviously was explained by the scoreline. But from from where I was sort of standing and seeing, it did seem like a very what one-sided affair, or at least the flow of play was going one way and one way only. And Luke, what's the reaction been like in uh, in Flash Camp? I mean, look, look there's no... <laughs> oh, Jay. Oh, Jay, 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 Jay. Uh, I, I haven't spoken... I've spoken a little bit to Brian. Uh, I haven't spoken to the quote Flash Camp yet. Um, I'm very excited to do so. Congratulate them. You know they're they're also. <laughs> oh, this is hard, man. I promised my therapist I'd breathe while saying some of this stuff, so I've got to make sure I keep a level head. Um, I mean, look, guys, this little rift I'm about to go on right now. There's no way this will ever live up to what it should be in terms of like making claims on a podcast. This is like Leicester winning, winning the league, like the Oakland A's. I, I can't expect when two people go head to head like that. And I've probably made one or two preposterous claims in my time. Yes, uh, this had been like six points one way or the other. I probably have to like I wouldn't have had to like no one would have had to eat any humble pie. No one really had to say anything. You know, we would just gone on with our lives and say good game, GGs all round, and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, of all the fights and feisty beefs to pick, zero. Um, and 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 I say this to you as well, well Cougars as well. Come on, come on, guys, come on, it's flag. So right, where 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 should I go with this? Where should I go? How to describe? Well, you're not going with it anyway. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's so hard. This is what I'm saying to you. I, this will never live up to what it should be. But I had the joy of, and what I like about what we do here is that our words are immortalized. You know, our words are immortalized, Lewis. You know, I, I told Lewis I had some insider information, and that was that the Falcons were going to get battered. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't, when I said battered, you know, if I'd known it was going to like this, I probably wouldn't have been so mean, you know, I said, oh, maybe the flash might win, but no, 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 no. Um, you said that your, your D would be, uh, salivating at the thought of Brian going deep on them. Um, and it, it seems like they might just have had rabies or some misplaced sexual aggression, but I, I, in my mind, mate, what, what did you think? You know, you said picks and sacks were going to potentially make this the, the perfect game for you. How many picks and sacks did you have, my guy? So this is all this coming from a guy who wasn't there. Uh, look, you can you can look at a you can look at a thirty eight nil scoreline and think, yeah, we just went deep on them all day. But no, they were they were forced to go, you know, four downs get a first down. There was yeah, there was one or two I'm sure, uh, at least one that I can think of that we we gave up a, a deep pass that went for a score. But like they they our defense made it difficult for them. Yeah, no, and credit to you. You mentioned the one stop that you guys had as well earlier. 
<laughs> we didn't um, actually get an answer to the question of how many turnovers and picks exactly. <laughs> that's, that's from someone that's not looked at the stats. I, I know what the stats are, man. If you want them, Jay, I've got them right here. Um, they're really uh, easy to remember because they're the same. <laughs> go on. They're zero. Are they right? Are they? Oh dear. So I mean, look, look, listen. Jo- joking aside, look, Jay, let's get serious. Let's get serious for a moment, okay? Let's. <laughs> Everyone, everyone, calm down. Everyone, everyone, just relax for a moment. You know, um, Lewis. I said we check the scoreboards. Um, I'm a man of my words. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I won't lie. It's pretty bad. I, I won't let you forget this one for a while. This will, this will go on like like Neil Henderson goes on. You know, this, this, this is this will be never ending. I hope. But I, I, I think I should pause to give credit and genuine credit to the team there. I think you did a great job of congratulating who needed to be congratulated. You know, Brian has definitely worked on the cerebral side of his game. Um, massive shout out to Henry Schoen who runs that defense. Um, I believe they were quite prepared for you, Lewis. I'm told by Brian. And at one point he winked at you, isn't that right? Yeah, he uh, he he not the not the first person to have taken uh, our play from our film, um, and uh, was very pleased to see when he when he when he ran it. And then <laughs> it's a bit like kissing your sister, that. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then Maybe big, I should big... have stayed away longer. <laughs> <laughs> A, a big respect to Andy on Blitz, you know, um, you know, and Andy's a, a weapon on Blitz. The, the guy is the guy is mean, man. He's he's got speed, he's got pace, and he's got he's got that kind of slightly mad style of aggression that you need to be a Blitz. Do you guys know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. It's 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 kind of I'm going to run into you, and I don't care if it hurts you, sort of. And then they manage to stop somehow. It's it's a weird yeah. style of aggression. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like a like a sort of chained up dog. You know, you're just ready to go, like chomping, chomping at the bit. Every um, play, every play, man, every play. The, the guys, the guys are weapon. He keeps bringing that energy. Um, I I don't know where to go with this now. There's no gracious way for me to end this segment. Um, Lewis, I think you you've handled this really well. Um, you've done the best thing you could do, which was turtle up and be fairly quiet. And I respect that. Um, and yeah, I look forward to, to continuing to use our chat full of gifts and memes that I'm sure you'll describe in time um, to mock this event. <laughs> <laughs> I just got this gnawing feeling that between just between you and I, uh, Luke, it's going to be it's going to be similar. It's going to be a similar thing to like the smoke and, and, and Cardiff Hurricanes. Smoke, smoke can beat the hurricanes in the tournaments, but in the games that matter, they just fall apart. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna very politely try and wrap this segment up. Um, just, to, just to wrap that bit up, then. So, looking at the, the, the sort of promotion uh, hopefuls in Div One. So, Flash and Reading, then, and Lewis, please correct anything if I'm saying here that's wrong, right? So, Flash and Reading, in my view, are promoted. Yes. That's happened, right? They don't have to play a playoff game at all, right? No. Cool. I want to say that Exeter now, they've got 12 wins, two losses, one one draw. They are out of it. Is that fair to say? Unless really uh, results went their way? They are realistically not in promotion contention. Uh, mathematically, there's there's still a chance. Um, if, we, if we win out, uh, we would need... One of either Cheltenham or Cohen Cougars to drop t- two games, and I believe they've only got two games left. Realistically, though, looking at their schedules, uh, probably not going to happen. Um, so, um, yeah, realistically, the the Falcons are 
can you believe it? A division winner are not going to be promoted. Uh, whoever came up with those rules is a moron. <laughs> and one assumes that of Cowan and Cheltenham, then they'll play a playoff game to get promoted. Is that correct? So uh, if the, the way that things are going, Cohen uh, Cougars um, hold the head-to-head over Cheltenham. Um, so at the moment, Cowan Cougars are promoted in the third automatic promotion spot, and Cheltenham Neptunes are playing a promotion relegation game against the Western Supers. Got you. So that's that's really the slot you're targeting. Then is that playoff game? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. Like I say, we would need we would need Cheltenham and and Co- oh, and or Cohen to drop two games for us to hey, be in the shot. It's mental as well. It, it is mental as well because like the, we've lost two games, which in that in itself with the, the SW with the Southwest having like a, a, a bigger season in terms of the amount of games than anybody else. Two two losses uh, is incredible, but. At, at the moment, with with one game day still to go in division, we've not lost to a division rival, and and we're not getting promoted. So, so like, is you did tie with Gwent. Crazy, did tie with Gwent, but we I haven't know, I know lost. Is I... a technicality, but we haven't I appreciate lost that. to a, to an in division um, team. Yet. Yeah, and I'm with you. I, I, I'm completely with you on that point. I'm only saying it from the and it comes across like I'm saying it's oh it's Gwent you've tied Gwent. No, it's not about that. It's more of a case of if you drop that game, that puts you at 13 and two. Otherwise, that probably bumps you above Cheltenham, and and probably makes that conversation a lot lot smoother yeah. for you. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, for the sake of what was it 26, 26 right in game week one right. So um, it's a frustrating, it's a really frustrating place to be in. I think of all of all places, but one it is one what it is. yeah week week one. Uh, uh, is going to cost us. That's crazy. That's crazy. Anyway, we will move on then to our final bits and pieces. So, bold predictions, guys. Home Alone, did yours come true? It did not. Um, all of us collectively scored, by my estimations, 176 touchdowns, which obviously falls 14 short of my 200 target. Did you say 176? 176 between Div 1 and the French. That's 24 short of your 200 times. 24 short. There you go. I can't do that. <laughs> uh, Lewis, did yours come true? Uh, I don't believe you put up a 100 burger on any of your games. So, no, it did not. No, I did not. No. Uh, Luke, did yours come true? I, I'd rather give a shout out to Home Alone for not only butchering the bowl prediction, but then also butchering <laughs> this segment of it as well. Mate, that's the double dipped, and I love that. Um, I Mine my, my did not, but I, I tasted tasted victory for 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 moments uh, during the game gareth you obviously didn't join us uh, would you have made a bold prediction uh i'm sure i would have been forced to but i've no <laughs> idea what it would have been fair enough and did mine come true ladies and gentlemen well technically yes oh Whoa! technically it did I got a lot of stick, by the way off of red storm and salisbury as i went to ref their game because that we were asked to ref two games because they both went, oh, we've predicted someone to get ejected. I bet he ejects someone now. That's not the point in the podcast, listeners. We should all take everything I say with a pinch of salt. It's purely for entertainment value only. Please do not think I'm ever going to be biased because of something I've predicted on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> However, did I eject someone? No, I did not. Did anybody get ejected on the game day? No. Did a flag player get ejected on that Saturday? Yes, they did. Because Chris Green got ejected from his contact game later in the day, <laughs> <laughs> and not only not only did he get ejected, he got ejected for a really crap reason. Go on, what is he, it? 
he uh, he was discussing politely with a referee, in his own words, politely with a referee that uh, maybe he should learn the rules. <laughs> uh, that was his first personal foul. And then he started laughing afterwards uh, immediately. And that was his second personal foul. And he got ejected. <laughs> the lucky boy does mean that he doesn't have to play the London Blitz next week. So uh, I think it's all fair in love and ejection, right? But uh, I'm taking that as a dub, guys. I think it's the first time we've predicted an injection to happen, and it's sort of vaguely happened. So that's a that's a win on my. You're account. counting that as a win. Ooh. Yes. Oh, be, be fair, Home Alone. The amount of times he's predicted an ejection. It's about time he got something. Yeah. We'll we'll let him have this one just so he can like sleep easy tonight. Maybe he'll come up with something new now he's sort of won it. Yeah. Yes. Keep pushing through. It's like playing the Sharks because I got my first win against a Sharks team this week. Because um, you know, even if it's Sharks B, I'll still count it as a win. Oh, we we counted um, our victory over the Sharks at Iron Man. That's definitely a win for us. I mean, yeah, it really wasn't the Sharks. Counts. It was Neil. Neil Henderson was there, so that counts. Yeah, Neil's spirit was there for mine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> if Neil's spirit had been there, there'd have been no chance of you. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrified of him in physical form. God knows what you'd be like if you saw him in spirit form. Honestly, I will say, going up against those jerseys for the first time in a little while, I did start the game a lot slower than I would normally, purely because I saw the same defence and I went, oh, God, nothing normally works against this. What happened? What do I do? What do I do? And then you realise that it's not Will and Shorty underneath and it's sort of okay. Um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's been far too much of our ramblings and uh, we will leave you to enjoy whatever you are doing right now, be it driving, be it working, be it quite simply just trying to go to sleep. Or maybe, maybe, just maybe, you're dreaming of a 38-0 game between the Flash and the Pigeons. I've been Jay Ballamy, joined by Lewis Phillips, Ryan Home Alone McEveney, Luke Yoko Warm Champion, (laughs) and Gareth Price. And uh, we'll catch you next time. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and Fifteen Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customized sportswear supplies. Good. Ready? Let's do it. Who's put that fucking fan on? Ha, 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 ha.